Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Kylie Camps, and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking, and cultivating more self love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is a conversation with Sophie Keisha. I so enjoyed my time speaking with Sophie and I can't wait to share this conversation with you. But before I do, I just wanted to thank Nutra Organics for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. I've been partnered with Nutra Organics for years now and they are a company that I truly, truly hand on my heart believe in. They create amazing products that can make a huge difference to your life. In particular, today I wanted to share with you their range of lattes. Now, the reason I wanted to share this range of lattes is that I have been working with a naturopath to try and alleviate and improve some digestive issues that I've been having. And one of the things that was suggested to me was to really increase my intake of turmeric. Now, I wasn't really sure how I was going to get enough turmeric into my day without having to eat mountains of seasoned vegetables. And the naturopath that I spoke with suggested that I look at introducing a turmeric latte. So straight away, I thought, okay, I need to jump online to NutraOrganics.com and see what they've got. And they have a golden latte, which is an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory latte. It is a mix of coconut milk, turmeric, manuka honey, ginger, cardamom, cinnamon, cinnamon, excuse me, vanilla bean, a little bit of pepper, and it is delicious. I have been having one of those each day, and I feel like that is the easiest way for me to get turmeric into my diet. They also have the Lover's Latte, which, full disclosure, is my number one favorite latte that they have. Like if I had to say to you, okay, you're only going to get one latte, it would definitely be the Lover's Latte. It is an organic Peruvian cacao mix with roasted carob, maca. It also has horny goat weed, MCT oil, and a whole variety of other things in there. And it's called the lover's latte for a reason. It is filled with what 
neutral organics refer to as love herbs. So I love that. And it says here to awaken your desire with this indulgent fusion of rich cacao, sweet carob, and an arousing herbal blend that make a luxurious drinking chocolate to enjoy with your lover. Or without, you can totally enjoy it without on your own. They also have a beetrick turmeric latte, a matcha latte, a lunar latte, and a mermaid latte. You can use these powders, obviously, to make yourself a delicious, warm drink that is filled with goodness. Or you can also add these powders to your smoothies, your pancakes, your bliss balls. You can do so much with them. And particularly if you have little ones who really like brightly colored food, you can definitely make them a nice blue mermaid or perhaps blue alien smoothie, which might entice them to drink a little bit more. So definitely jump over to neutralorganics.com.au, check out their range of lattes and use the discount code Kylie15 to receive 15% off their entire range. Now, let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. You may know her as the young mummy. You might have started following her years and years ago on Instagram and you've seen her grow and change. She is so much more than a young mummy. She is a well-known and influential presenter, businesswoman, very successful businesswoman, entrepreneur, digital marketing expert, and sports journalist, just to name a few. She is driven. She is, in her own words, opinionated and an opportunist in the best way possible, which I love, love, loved hearing her describe and explain that. She's just a breath of fresh air. I think it's so nice to connect with a woman who is really, really owning her space. She has a strong desire for making real human connections with her engaging personality and her relatable, open and dynamic disposition. She is focused on being the best that she can be and on delivering to the highest standard possible for herself. She has paved the way in the online space for Australian mothers to document and share their own parenting journeys. As I mentioned, she was one of the first original, and I'm using air quotes, mummy bloggers to really open up her life on Instagram with an authenticity that broke the mold of only sharing the highlights. At 22, Sophie became a mum, and like I said, she used the username the young mummy to begin amassing an audience on social media. She's continued to share her life since then. And like all of us, she has changed and she has grown. She's been through different seasons of life with her community eagerly watching. Sophie has also built a powerful personal brand and partnered with Leah Betts to establish a super, super successful business online times two all while juggling mum life with a young family, a separation, and the growth that comes from moving through your 20s. During our conversation, Sophie shares some of her tips for building a successful business and brand. We talk about that growth that does happen in our 20s, everlasting love, and so much more. 
I hope that you really, really enjoy this conversation. Definitely jump over and check Sophie out on Instagram if you're not already following. I'm sure that you already are. I will pop all of her details into the show notes, including her website for Keisha as well. I hope you love this episode and thank you so much for choosing to listen. Sophie, thank you so much for setting aside some time and energy to have this chat here. I've been really, really looking forward to speaking with you. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. And we did just touch on this before we hit record, but how are you coping in isolation? Oh, it's never ending. Um, It's a funny one because you are trying to stay so positive. There is so much unknown at the moment. And us Victorians, you know, we had a, I think it was a 12-week lockdown initially. Then we had a little bit of freedom there for a while. And now we are at a stage four. And I think I think I counted 40 days today, not stage four. We did stage three first, stage four. So 40 days in total for this second wave. And um, we apparently have four weeks to go. So we can see that light at the end of the tunnel. But I think it's this second time has been different. It's been, um, I think the first time, a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't say excitement. That's not the right word. But it was new. It was, Novelty. you know. Yeah, there was there was some novelty with it to the point where it's like, oh, I get to work from home. Oh, let's have the kids. You know, let's get up at nine thirty. Let's, you know, there was there was let's make our own rules. Of, yeah, there was just a sense of almost freedom, which is very ironic because now I feel like we're in prison. Um, and this second time, the mood has changed across Victoria. So you know, you can try and stay as positive as you want, and we are. You know, we are to an extent, but you walk past people now in the street and people aren't smiling anymore. Well, you can't see because they've got masks on. But it's this time, yeah, I won't lie and I haven't been shy to admit it on socials. It's been really challenging because I think, you know, whilst that date is set that we are almost free, we know how quickly the second wave came back. So we know that this is going to be a much longer battle than any of us had ever anticipated. Absolutely. And counting down the days, do you feel like that's a bit of a mental health hack for you just to keep you on the straight and narrow of going, yep, that's another day in the bag? I almost try not to count the days. I try and count the weeks. So I try and sort of get to the weekend and then, you know, seven days is gone. So I know a lot of people are doing, um, you know, little graphs where they're crossing off each individual um day and you know that's good but I'm trying to get week by week so we're two weeks down of this second one um four weeks to go and the greatest thing is is my birthday is on the final weekend so I'm trying to just get to my birthday and then hopefully we're finished so I've got a little bit of a celebration at the end (laughs) something to look forward to Mm. and something that I do really admire about you Sophie is that you seem to be really proactive in taking care of your mental health so Throughout this time, what are some of your tips for looking after your mental health? Uh, Well, I've actually got a psychologist appointment tomorrow, which is my first one. Um, I booked one the first isolation and I sort of scared myself off. I didn't need it. And I find with psychologists too, I'm almost, I love them, but I'm almost scared to go to that first appointment because you know you unravel so so many emotions and you have to release all this stuff that you have suppressed for so long so I'm gonna have to go through that tomorrow but I I do know I will feel better um I've just brought in some sleep meditation at night for both myself and the kids so I've found the kids to be extremely um needy at the moment 
I think there's a lot of confusion for them. So they're wanting to stay up very late with me. They are coming up with every excuse to not go to sleep. So I've started a kid's sleep meditation. I just Google them on YouTube or Spotify. Um, and I've been doing it with myself to just really try and calm those thoughts at the end of the night of, you know, the amount of thoughts go through here. What the hell am I going to do tomorrow? Um, what else am I doing? You know, we only get one hour of exercise here a day. So it's pushing myself to walk or to jog as far as I can during that hour. Um, and I do find simple things. I've really learnt very simple things throughout isolation that make me calm and make me happy. And that is having a beautifully clean home. Now I'm not at all OCD or, or a cleaning fanatic at all. Um, if anything, you know, I'm missing my cleaner right now. I can assure you of that. But just having a clear workspace, um, a clear kitchen in the morning to start breakfast with the day, little simple things like that that I'm bringing in um, that previously I probably wouldn't have been too phased by. I find that they start off my day. Um, they allow me to have a very clear mindset to start my day. Well, I think when things are feeling so out of control in life, that's one of the things that we tend to do. It's like, okay, what can I control? Yeah. Right, I can control how cluttered the kitchen bench is. That's yep. within my within my realm. So I'll I'll look at that because I know myself when I'm feeling a bit out of control in all sorts of areas of life, one of the telltale signs is like, all right, I'm decluttering the pantry and I'm mm -hmm. reorganizing the linen cupboard. And it does. Like, oh, it just changes okay. your whole mood, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, so that's really great. Thank you for sharing those. Now, while I have you, I'd love to take you back just a little bit to the early days of you using Instagram. Back yep. to Sophie when she's 22 years old and she first downloads Instagram mm -hmm. and you first start sharing your life. Could you have ever imagined where the sharing blogging space would take you? I don't think so, and only because back then Instagram was not at all what it is now. Um, it was I – I do remember where I was when I first downloaded it. My boyfriend, which was Jared at the time, he lived in Adelaide and I'd gone over to visit him for the weekend and I downloaded it in the front seat of his car, I remember, and it was simply a photo app. Obviously, that's mm. what it was invented to be and who would have known that it would have grown to what it is today. Um, if I'm to be honest um, – does it surprise me that I turned a phone app into an opportunity for me? No, because I feel like I always did those things growing up. If there was an opportunity to um, not profit because money, you know, as we said, Instagram wasn't what it is then, but to make, to sort of stand out from the crowd, to make something of something so small, to see an opportunity and grab it and think, you know, put it in my hands and mould it and what can I do with it? Does that surprise me that I did that? No, but if you asked me that I'd be earning an, you know, a, an incredibly lucrative wage right now based off a phone app, if you asked me that seven years ago, um, you know, I probably would have jumped on it earlier, to be honest. So yeah. it's, I think a lot of people like us are seen as opportunists in a negative way when it comes to what we've done with our platforms. But I think I'm not sitting here saying I should be admired. I think the broader group of us who have, have made careers out of this need to be given more credit because everyone has access to Instagram, but not everyone makes a career and a living out of it. So I think we've done something pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. And so talking about that predisposition to, I guess, maximise 
opportunities when you see them. Were you like that throughout your childhood as well? Like were you doing the car washing? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you were the same. Yeah, I, I remember writing my mum a contract um, to pay me 50 cents, <laughs> 25 cents, 70, you know, and I got her to sign it if I did chores and my mum, as brutal as she is, goes, no, you'll just do them. And I was like, oh, I tried. So um, like I said, it was always from a young age and I put this down to, I think, being the youngest of four girls in a very busy family that I always did whatever I had to do to stand out from the crowd. So I was always jumping that little bit higher to be seen amongst my sisters. And I think that's just translated into my life growing up as a young girl and then um, through into my adulthood. So making up, creating my own opportunities has always come very naturally to me. Mm, I love that. And if you had the power to go back and say anything to yourself when you first started using Instagram, what advice would you give yourself? I would have taken it more seriously uh, a lot quicker. Um, if I had known what I know now, I definitely would have turned it into a business a lot earlier. Um, I think I, I, I battled this um, sort of challenge for a while there where I had created this extremely organic following about being raw, honest. I was blog writing about vaginas, sex, birth, uh, mental health. But then I was being presented with these incredible business opportunities as well. And I, I really wanted to stay authentic to myself. And I really wanted to stay loyal to those people who'd come on the journey with me for me just being Sophie. And whilst translating and transforming into business Sophie is still me, I think I just would have done that a lot earlier. Um, I think I put that off a lot sooner just because I, I didn't want to be seen as, as um, you know, taking advantage or, or just trying to be famous or anything like that. And I think I could have created what I've created now a lot earlier and it, it might have benefited my family um, a lot quicker back then. Mm, it's really interesting to think about, isn't it? Well, I've and got just... no regrets. A lot of people are really funny to talk about and are quite uncomfortable to talk about money when it comes to Instagram and the opportunities it's provided my family. I've never been shy to talk about that. Um, if you, if you're in the space, you know, or, you know, whether you work in PR marketing, you own a business and you used sponsored paid posts or paid marketing, or if you're, you're in it like us, you're aware of how much money is available in there. And when you have a young family, when you're a stay at home mum with a young family, I've never been shy to say that that's obviously such an incredible opportunity for women like us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think about this all the time. You know, I go through stages where I'm like, it's just an app on my phone. Mm -hmm. And it is. It's just an app on my phone. And I put it into perspective. But then I have times where I'm like, that app on my phone changed the whole trajectory yep. of my life. And it changes like, your life. It does. It, it does. Um, and, of course, it's wild to say because you don't necessarily know what the other option is. You know, you could have gone down a very yeah. similar path without the app. But yep. There's so much. You've got to give credit where credit's due. So I'm completely with you there. And now speaking of us and also sharing things online, I know for myself in the last couple of years, I've gone through a bit of a transformation of how much I share. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I first started on Instagram, 
you know, I started before my boys were born and they're turning seven at the end of the year. So I think I've probably been sharing in some capacity for maybe eight, eight-ish, eight and a half years. And throughout that time, I feel like I have changed so much. And I'm sure you feel the same way, like sharing your whole 20s. What has mm. that been like for you to grow up with a massive following because your audience is huge and they're also really engaged and like committed to your life yeah whether they like me <clears throat> excuse me whether they like me or they don't they're, they're still invested. following and they yes. are very invested yeah so you know what throughout it I, I probably didn't and I think this comes with age and maturity I probably didn't realize what was happening when it was happening, you know, it was pretty cool. I was sharing and I was um, getting invited to cool events and I was working with global brands and I'm getting paid for it from my lounge room. Like, this is awesome. Um, But now being a bit older and looking back, it's like, I really did. I lived out my twenties, which are arguably for some people, the most challenging. um, Informative. Yeah. Transformative years of your life. And I lived that all out in the public. So I think similar to you, I found myself in a position 12 to 24 months ago, probably a bit longer actually, where I went, you know what, I just need to start keeping things to myself and I'll tell you why. It's because I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's going to happen in my life. My life looked a certain way for so long and it's comfortable and it's happy and you want to share that. But then when you know, your train starts to detour onto the wrong track, not the wrong track, different track, um, and you think, oh, crap, um, all right, I've, I'm going to face some tricky times here and I'm not quite sure. It's not that I don't want everyone to know about it. They don't need to know about it either. So I have spoken about this in the past about how um, a lot of my trolling started when I started to pull back because people don't like change. And I think by sharing my warts and all style of writing that I made a lot of people feel comfortable because there was relatability there. So I think that when I did start to evolve mature as a woman um, and I sort of found my way in, in different avenues that may have made people feel uncomfortable, um, that's actually where a lot of the change started for me on Instagram. On one side, the business side of it expanded And on the other side, the trolling was epic. So um, as much as we need to remember that, you know, we we need to check in with ourselves, we are regular people going through regular challenges in life, our followers also need to understand that too. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, we've both gone through similar things. And that's something that I found like when, when that train did start to sort of go on a different track, of course, there's that other layer of people's expectations which you don't want to let that dictate how you live your life but on some level you're aware like you're aware of that pressure and that expectation yeah of course and I think it it does sort of then like now for example people keep asking me do you think you'll ever have more kids and I've always mm. said no no I'm not going to have more kids but now when I say it I go well I thought I wasn't going to have more kids but I also thought I was going to be married forever so I'm yeah. just in a place where I surrender to I don't know what's going to happen and you know I think it's really important that people remember that truth is fluid you can say something that's true for you at one stage in your oh, life oh absolutely I love that yeah, oh, I was just so going important. to say when you've said, oh, you know, I don't think I want to have more children. God forbid the day in three, four, five, ten years' time 
you're pregnant. And someone goes, but I thought you weren't going to have children. Well, this is just it. I had this happen the other day, Sophie. I said on Instagram, I was talking about how, you know, when I turn 40, the boys will be in their teens and I'd love to take them traveling. And someone sent me a message saying, "Um, I don't know if you remember, but you've actually told us before that you had no interest in traveling. And I'm like, well, that was when I had newborn (laughs) twins. I didn't. Can you honestly fathom, can you you imagine that that was the worst thing that happened in your day? Someone you followed on Instagram actually said they did want to travel and that was the worst thing in your day that you felt you had to message them. But it just goes back to what you were saying about people don't like change. No, they don't. And once they've got you in that box of okay you know for me I feel it was okay she's married she's this she's that and you know since now that I'm not married I do have people say to me how do you feel about people not being able to relate to you and I'm like well that's out of my control it just it just it's is a what funny it is. one isn't it it's a really it funny one and I don't know if you've found too the early days for me and and maybe sometimes a little bit now there's almost this like poor Sophie umbrella over my head, like, oh, she's separated. Whether, how do you know that that doesn't make me extremely happy to be se- oh. to be separated as well? How how does it automatically fall onto the woman that oh my god, our life must have completely fallen apart because we're no longer married? Like, can we as women not find happiness in something else other than a relationship? Absolutely. So, I mean, the amount forward. of times I was say, the amount of times people will say to me, "I'm so sorry." So it's like, sorry. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. No one. No one's died. It's okay. Yeah. And I think it's, for me too, um, managing a new relationship, there comes expectations now that I'm going to be with this person forever. Now, this is just a new relationship that I found myself in over the past twelve months. There is no, I have no expectations. I'm still married for goodness sake. Okay. I have two children's lives that I have to put as my number one focus and my number one priority. And they are. So it's like whatever happens with this next relationship or the one after that or the five after that, if I want them, that it shouldn't affect anyone else's um, view on me as a person. You can sit back and watch. I've always said that, you know, I'm driving the car, you can sit in the back seat and you can come along for the ride if you want. Just don't sit in the front seat and try and tell me which way to drive. Mm, I love that. I think that's such a powerful analogy. Do you have any other tips for handling strangers' expectations and opinions? Because I feel Oh, like- no. I dropped that a long time <laughs> ago. I think for me, going through changes that I did, the the wider public's perception was the least of my concerns. I have children. Mm. They are my first. I have an ex-partner. He was second. My family, his family. Um, but only very recently I have dropped even that guilt surrounding family members. I've really had a moment of appreciation for how far I've come and how proud I am of myself over the past few months. And I've completely even shed that layer of guilt Um, surrounding what my family, uh, in-laws, and not my children, because I will always care about what they think, but even Jared. um, I've completely shed that guilt, that layer of guilt, and I'm finally, I feel a sense of freedom now. So the people online, they are absolutely the least of my concern with their opinions. I focus on my family and my own mindset first. I love that. And something I've shared a couple of times on the podcast is, 
the way that I personally get past that is just by remembering every single person has their own core beliefs. Like we have our own stories that we grew up with and they're always changing. Like back to the truth is fluid. Our, you know, our beliefs, our attachments, we're growing, we're changing. So how can we as individuals possibly live a life to meet the belief of someone else that's always evolving as well? Absolutely. Whilst, whilst you might see someone who stays in a marriage who has more children and who lives an extremely unhappy life, but from the outside, they've got it all. They've got the picture-perfect family and the white picket fence. Mm-hmm. You might then look at someone like myself, left what seemed like a great marriage, doesn't really, you know, just has her and her children, living a day-to-day life, not sure what's coming next. Oh, there's too much instability there. I don't like that. Whether I'm so happy in my environment and, you know, I think this is super personal, but I grew up, um, my mum and dad loved my mum and dad, but my mum lived unhappy for a very, very, very long time. I'm talking years and years. And she only, you know, my parents only separated and I've never actually spoken about this ever. My parents only separated in the past 12 months, maybe 18 months. They finally separated after knowing for about 15 years how unhappy my mum was. And I said to her, why? Why did you stay? And she just simply said, for you guys, for you. So my mum risked her own happiness to stay in a marriage, which was very unhappy simply for us. Now, that might seem admirable to some, whether on the other hand, when I was going through my separation, I said to mum, I don't want to grow up and look at my mum like I looked at you. I saw you unhappy and I saw you sad and I want my kids to grow up and look at mum as brave and as independent and as a risk taker and as someone who who can be happy and content on her own and doesn't need that security around her. And I want to be that type of inspiration for my children to know that they can take a different path and I want to give them the confidence to go you know what, it might not be the norm. You might have to step away from the crowd, which way they're going, but you can find your own happiness in your own path. And I would much rather lead that example for my children. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so much, so much data. So there's so much information out there that shows the way that we live our life as parents is what we're, it's, you know, it's, we're showing our kids that that is how to live their life. So we are role yep. models, whether we like it or not. And I'm just so with you. Like you can say, oh, look, that relationship is successful because they were together until they died. But if they're miserable mm-hmm. for 80 years, that's not How a is that relationship. Successful? That's not And success. I was having this chat with one of my friends the other day and I was saying, you know, I don't know whether I'll find a love that's like a, an everlasting love or whether, oh, it will be like, yep. or whether it will be like I'm really happy to have a life where I have lots of love stories, like, you know, and for well, each person, very similar. each and I was person I take this. something. Yep. I was only thinking this this morning. And I think when you, when you are married and you marry the love of your life and you, like you said before, you think you're going to be married forever. And then all of a sudden you're not, you can't fathom that you'll love anyone again in order to be with them forever. That's just how mm. I feel right now. I think, well, yeah. if I, if I didn't love him in a romantic way, when I loved him more than I've ever loved anyone in my life, I so much so I married him and had two children with him. And if that one day just stopped, that's going to stop with every single other person. So that's my mindset at the moment. And like you, I'm like, well, what if I just meet some incredible people over my life and we, I have some amazing stories and memories to share with them and 
and that success for me doesn't need to be based on on having someone else in my life. I have my yeah. children and as you know when you have your children that makes me successful. That makes me happy. I'm a great mum and they they give me more happiness than anyone will ever be able to give me ever. So I think one of the most important things that we can do as women is to define what success is for ourselves because if we don't take a moment to define it for ourselves then we're living to that subconscious view that subconscious belief of what success is which means we do run the risk of feeling unfulfilled whereas if we take the time in all seasons of our life to go okay what does success look like for me and for some people they're going to go oh success is having that super long-term everlasting love regardless Mm -hmm. of anything else that's their version of success and that's completely up to them whereas like we were just saying my version of success is just being really really happy and I'm completely however that looks being really happy however that looks yeah that's exactly it that's exactly how I feel so that's it's really nice to sort of I hear I guess hear someone else speak about that as well now something that I've heard you speak about is the beauty of privacy and truthfully when I heard you say the beauty of privacy I got out my phone and I made a little note and I was like I need to reach out to Sophie and see if she'll come on the podcast because that is something that I am so much more aware of now privacy is so much more sacred to me now and trying to I guess straddle that line of you know, there's half of me that still really wants to share because I get so much, um, I guess, enjoyment out of that community. But then there's yep. the other half of me that's like, fuck no, I don't want to share anything. Mm-hmm. So how are you managing that right now with yourself? Like, is it a, a constant conversation that you're having with yourself about how much you want to share versus what you don't? No, I actually think it happened organically, just as much as me coming onto Instagram and blog writing and I was very open and uh, honest in my conversations and that came so naturally to me. I think evolving as a woman, going into my late 20s, mother of two, um, you know, heading into my 30s, different relationships, I think it just organically happened where I thought, you know what, and I think too, bringing other people into my life as well, um, obviously I wanted to protect them. So there was, that was a huge factor, even though, you know, my partner at the time never, you know, said, you can share whatever you want. Like, I don't want you to ever think you can't talk about me and was fully supportive of my platform. I did that um, because I wanted to, because for the first time in my life, I found myself in this bubble of joy and of happiness that nobody could get into, that no one even knew about for six months while it existed. Um, you know, to be to be living a life online for so many years where I openly, uh, willingly shared everything to then all of a sudden being in this new relationship with someone interstate, flying up and back, having amazing weekends away up in New South Wales and having not one person on my social media know about it. It was so exciting. Um, so it's not just relationships. It's it's not feeling the need to, um, to explain. It's not feeling the need to prove my worth. I don't need to do that. And maybe for a few years back then, I felt like I needed to. So If I go catch up with a friend now, I don't post about it. If I go for dinner, I'm not always sharing where I am. If I'm doing a workout, I'm not feeling like, hey, guys, I've got to show you what I'm doing. It's it's just sharing those little, little tiny snippets. Um, And then, 
having just that that time within myself and and learning to appreciate and share those beautiful moments just with myself it's so nice to have those things that are sacred and just for you I think it brings back a sense of normality to people like us as well because you know we really don't live a normal life when you are sharing to strangers on the internet so for friends um who work a regular job it's probably unfathomable for them that they, you know, how do, how the hell do you deal with everyone knowing your business? So it brings brings me back to centre and it brings me back to just that that regular life and that that normality that sometimes you do lose from working in this space. And has pulling back in some areas, even though it's organic, has that at all affected the business side of things for you? Because not only do you have your personal brand and you share you know, snippets of your life, you also have two successful businesses. No, it hasn't. And if anything, it's benefited. So, you know, we we got a call this week. My management got a call from a very large global company wanting to do a six-month partnership with me. And the first thing they said is, we have noticed Sophie has pulled back. We've noticed her brand has changed. We noticed she's not um, putting herself out there as much with work opportunities. And it's, it's you know, her, her job she's getting now are reflective of that. So it was really great feedback to hear that. Not that I intentionally went, right, I'm going to make these changes for work, but it is nice that there's been a flow-on effect and that's being recognised um, throughout the marketing business. So I would say that if anything, um, I have benefited from, from, I don't know if you want to call it being slightly more professional, um, at the end of the day, like you said, I do have multiple businesses. I do work freelance um, with some media organisations. So there are certain things now that I have responsibilities for and I cannot be, um, you know, I can't be on my socials saying every swear word under the sun if I'm going to be working for a broadcast company the next week. And that and that's a focus of mine is building my career here moving forward. Mm so so nice to hear and your business Kata has just gone from strength to strength I was having a look on the website the other day and they were just sold out stickers over most of the products yeah so massive congratulations thank to you. you and Leah on what you've achieved it's really really inspiring um if you were to give you know three pieces of advice to other women in business what would you encourage them to do uh, first of all, I would say surround yourself with the right people. So um, I do have an incredible business partner in Leah Betts. Uh, Rhonda Betts is her mom, incredible business idol for me. They have multiple successful businesses and I'm very appreciative and, and lucky that they gave me an opportunity a few years ago. So it's it's find like-minded people, surround yourself with them. Do not be afraid to invest money in getting that help because it is going to benefit you later. Um, invest into paid marketing, um, sponsored marketing. Oh, I just keep saying the word invest, don't I? Maybe that's my key there. Invest, invest, invest. Um, mm -hmm. But also don't just wake up one day and say, I want to start a business. Find your vision. Create that vision. What do you want it to look like? What do you want your branding to look like? What do you want your font to look like? You know, you can't just wake up, click your fingers and it's magically going to happen. There's going to be so much trial and error. And if you have a clear vision and you stick to it, no matter how many um, errors you make along the way, as long as that vision is at the end and that never sort of wavers, um, then, you know, it's going to be a much smoother process for you. 
super helpful. And now I would definitely describe you as multi-passionate. You've got your businesses, you're pursuing your career as well, which is in broadcast journalism. Is that right? Yeah, broadcast media. Broadcast media. And so I can only imagine all of the mental tabs that you have opened. (laughs) So how do you actually consolidate those tabs? Like, do you have, okay, on Monday, I'm focused on this. On Tuesday, I'm focused on this. Or is it just a mishmash? (laughs) (laughs) Again, I say um, surround yourself with the right people. So um, only the other day, I've just hired a new assistant and she said, oh, what about your website? Does I'm building a new website. I'm about to launch an online web interview series. And she said, what about this? I said, no, 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 that person's doing that. No, 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 that person's doing that. And she goes, do you do anything or do you just pay people to do it all for you? And I'm like, you get <laughs> I yourself. Invest. Your- yeah, I invest. Exactly. <laughs> um, I delegate. And uh, someone once told me that, you know, if you can pay someone to do something uh, you don't want to do, and therefore you can be making more money while they're doing that, then do it. (laughs) So I've lived by that. So if I can be doing multiple other things instead of building a website or instead of, um, you know, drafting up an agreement or, you know, things like that, then I will. So for me, the mental tab, it's just how I operate. It's just, it's chaotic. It's hectic. It's all over the shop. Um, you know, five minutes before this interview, the kids are going to their dad's house, getting schoolwork done. And I'm sitting here doing a podcast with you in my undies. So you just, I feel like one of my mottos is I just get shit done, no matter how crazy it is, no matter how many different projects I'm working on, which right now, oh, it'd be about six different ones that I have to reply to emails for about today, um, start producing, I just somehow get shit done. My house might yeah. look like an absolute tip right now. <laughs> some some people work best with routine, planning, structure, organisation. Some people work better under pressure, and that's me. I've always worked best late at night, um, you know, messy desk, and I'll still all get it done. That's exactly how I got through year 12. Wasn't the smartest one at the school, but still performed very well because I can cram and I can work best when the pressure is about to make me explode. So that's just how I operate. And it's so good to hear that because knowing your strengths is so important. And I think so many people spend so much time going, oh, what's the right process? You know, I need to refine Mm -hmm. the process. I need to have the color-coded calendar and all of that stuff. And that's brilliant if it works for you. But if that's not your jam and it's just adding too much resistance to, like you said, getting shit done, then let it go and just focus on operating how you want to operate. And we go back to what we were talking about before with the perception of what success looks like. So obviously on socials, you will see the perfectly organized desk with the color coding, the labels, the, you know, the beautiful floral arrangement, and that's going to make you work all great. You should honestly see what I am sitting in right now. Like I have (laughs) like boxes, marketing boxes, PR. I've got like a book that I was just reading early this morning as I had my coffee, my laptop's about to die. So success, um, we need to. It sounds like very... my home office. Yeah. I've got like a coffee cup, then I've got two books that I had there from recording a podcast, yep. like three different notepads, pens, Lego. But that's just how stuff. you best work. So I just don't yeah. want people to. A lot of people say to me, a question I do get asked a lot is like, how do you do it all? And I'm like, I don't. I do not do it all. Something's always lacking. So right now, my house has absolutely copped it, but that's fine. 
because my work is on track at the moment and my house will sort itself later. So I don't need the pretty desk. I don't need the color coordinating, you know, um, storage boxes in order to work well. I work well within myself. I love that. Now, before I let you go, do you have time for me to quickly run through some rapid fire questions with you? Yeah, of course. I love these. Yeah, they're fun. Okay. So what is your go-to coffee order? Well, I've just started drinking coffee again for the first time in about five or six years, and I'm on board a caramel latte. Sounds good. Now, what would you say is your most annoying habit? Um, I want people to help me, but then I think I do it better myself. So um over help me but let me do it yeah help me but if you don't do it exactly how I want it like down to the final key then I will just take over and do it myself and what is the habit that you are most proud of um habit I'm most proud of I think I'm a really I don't know if you'd call it habit but I'm a really caring friend and I will always go above and beyond um, might not even have to be my closest friend. I, but I, I feel like I've always been that person that anybody can call and, you know, I'll chuck the kids in the car and we'll come over and help you. You'll be there. Now, if you could sit next to any celebrity on a long haul flight, who would it be and why? Um, Alana Kennedy. No, that's my partner. <laughs> um, I would sit next to at the moment I'd sit next to Glennon Doyle so she's an author of a book that I've read about three times now called Untamed um she's based over in the U.S. and she's honestly she's brilliant hand on heart say she's changed my life I am right there with you I just shared a podcast episode speaking about five books that have changed my life and that was definitely the top book yeah Um, absolutely you listen to the audio version as well no I haven't a lot of people have told me to do that Yeah, I really like it. Like I'll just pop it on, you know, if I'm cleaning or whatever, just doing a 10-minute task, I'll just quickly scroll to one of the chapters that I enjoyed. And just her voice, like the way she, I guess, her iteration on certain words and things, I really, really love the audio version too. Yeah. brilliant. Okay. I'll add that to my list. It was, that was my next question was, do you have a favourite book? So I'm guessing Untamed. Untamed is there. And at the moment I'm rereading again um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. So I love that book too. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and I really need it right now, especially just in isolation. So it's just, you know, it really highlights how those tiny minuscule changes that you can make can develop and evolve into such life-altering outcomes and I love that so it's just about implementing those little tiny steps for the greater picture it's brilliant and there's another one as well called tiny habits by bj fogg and they're very similar with a couple of differences but i really really enjoyed atomic habits again i went for the audio and his voice is really really nice to listen to i'm going to have to jump on these audio readings you're gonna have to (laughs) more time at least Um, i can do do keep working while i'm listening that's why i'm all about them now (laughs) if you had to choose one meal to have every day for the next five years what meal would you choose I make an avocado salad nearly every day and I would make that. So it's simply um, you can either use spinach or like a really crispy iceberg lettuce. I put cucumber, uh, red onion, big chunks of avocado, like two avocados, and I'll either use feta um, or Danish feta in like an oil or a goat's cheese as well. And some little bit of balsamic, use the oil from the cheese, yum. 
I would eat that every single day. Sounds so good. Now, what has been one of the unexpected gifts that parenting has given you? It's made me a nicer person. I think growing up, I had a very, I still do, but I had a very bold personality and very confrontational, still am. Um, Basically, nothing's changed other than the fact I am just so empathetic now to all people in life. Um, I think it's, it's opened my eyes to how much you need to just love everybody and how much we need to be accommodating, how much we need to welcome people and be accepting of everybody. Um, yeah, so in summary, it's taught me how to love humans on just such a greater, greater level. I think that there's just something about holding a baby in your arms and realising we were all that helpless once and we were all yep. that innocent. You just extend that kindness yeah more because you're like oh you're someone's baby yeah and exactly you are someone's I always think that totally off track but when I see homeless people and I I get very Mm. sad and I just think you're someone's dad you're someone's sister you're someone's daughter you know and and what happened in your life that led you to be here when no one no one can help you right now and I just find that yeah really sad Absolutely. And I think that a lot of people listening will feel a similar way from just becoming a parent. It's like you've kind of cracked open to feeling so much more because you didn't realize how much you could feel, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way of looking at it. And now last but not least, what is your all-time favorite quote or perhaps some words that you live by? I do love a good quote. And if you follow me on social media, you know that I share about five a day. Um, One that uh, M. Rasciano actually said this to me maybe two years ago and something I've really resonated with lately is um, trying to change others' perception of you is fruitless. And I think that doesn't just apply to me with social media because, like I said, the, the opinions of strangers isn't my concern. It's the people around me. Um, but a really good business one that I love, um, Cheryl Sandberg says that if you're offered a seat on a rocket ship, don't ask which seat, just get on. And that's how I live my life. Opportunist, if you get offered such an amazing um, opportunity like that, you don't question it, you just do it. I've never heard that one and I love it. Yeah, it's really good. She actually has heaps. If you look up, look her up, Cheryl Sandberg, um, she, yeah, she talks about finding a rocket ship and just get on board. She's really I'll inspirational. To, I'll definitely do that. Now, speaking of looking up inspirational women, where can our community find you? So I am on Instagram. I'm back on Facebook now. I haven't been on Facebook for ages. So I'm on Instagram at, at Sophie Keisha. I think it's one underscore. And I'm also on Facebook. I'm on TikTok now because I'm so cool at 29. So old, trendy. Trying to learn all the dances. <laughs> To be honest, I started TikTok because Bobby um, wanted to watch a few Beyblades TikToks and it sort of started from oh, there. Oh, Beyblades will be the end of me. Yeah, I know. And, <laughs> you know, he loves it. And, and now Floss is, I hear her, like, quoting some of the trending TikToks. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, and also my PJ line, Keisha.shop, is where you can shop my sleepwear range. Amazing. I'll make sure that we have all of those details in the show notes as well. Thank you. So much Thank you for your so much for honesty me. in your time. Such a nice chat for a Monday morning. Yay! Thank you. No worries. Yeah.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 